Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to this month's Leadership Podcast. I hope that you had an amazing Easter weekend this last week, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Dean. This month, we are talking about uh, killing competition in ministry. And in so many cities, in so many places, whether it's you're at a conference or you're at a, a pastor's uh, dinner or luncheon in your community, that competition the enemy just loves to stir up that spirit of competition between churches, pastors, and ministries. And I want to talk to you about, about how to kill that competitive spirit, not against the enemy, but against one another. Because here's what I believe. We are all on the same team, and we are wearing the same jersey, and we are serving the same coach, and we are striving for the same end zone and touchdown in life is reaching our city with the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's where we choose to rally, and that's where we choose to come together. I love Colorado Springs because it's a very unique city from the other uh, cities that I've been a minister or pastor or youth pastor in. The competition level here in this community is so freakingly low compared to other cities. And I give credit to pastors that have come before me and laid a great foundation, but the the spirit of camaraderie, the spirit of oneness here in our city is just so commendable, and I'm so proud to be a part of it and, and just to see what God can do when we truly love, value, and appreciate one another. I have the privilege of being the Merge Pastors Connection Director for about the last year and a half. It was started by and, and carried on by pastors previous to me, but it is a pastor's connection. It's a gathering of, of pastors committed to building unity, support, and friendship with one another. And our mission is to serve our city shoulder to shoulder and merge our voices as one to proclaim the lordship of Jesus Christ in our community. And I want to share with you some things that I believe that, that myself and, and more so than me, that pastors within this community have done to build such a healthy network and relationship of pastors. You know, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus gave us this insight. He said, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I believe these verses were not only written to us as followers of Christ, they were written to us as pastors. And when, when some of my sheep are, are wander into another barn and end up going to another church, there can be feelings of animosity and, and, and hurt and jealousy and, and all of those things can, can get involved and, and competition of what are they doing that, that made my sheep go over there and, and oh my goodness, they have, they have a, better, a better this or a better that and, and what do I need to do to get my sheep back? And this whole spirit of competition rises up. I want to tell you how to kill that and give you some practical steps to keep our hearts in check and balance. 
Here's one of the primary things that will change and transform us. Number one, pray for the other pastors and churches, both privately and publicly. Make it a part of your daily prayer time that you're praying and calling other pastors by name. You're praying for other churches and their success. Not just your success, but you're praying for the success for the kingdom of God and your city to happen. And here's what I have found. Prayer keeps my heart aligned with God's. And prayer keeps that competitive spirit away to where I can truly look at fellow pastors in my community and I can say, I love them, I honor them, I respect them, and I value them, and I appreciate being on the same team with Jesus Christ and them. And so I pray for them privately, but then something that we have done since our church began 15 years ago is every single Sunday, we pray for a different church within our community. And we have a picture of the pastor come up, their church name. Our, our church all stretches their hands out towards the screen. And, and whoever's hosting that service prays for that pastor, prays that God is blessing him and his family, prays for that church to be blessed, for their buildings to be paid off, for all their needs to be met, and for them to be reaching more people for Christ and seeing people born again and added to their church. We pray for other churches to grow. And uh, it's just a simple facet, but I'm going to tell you, uh, I want to tell you the results of people that are new to my church that have moved to the area. Here is what I hear people say often. I've never seen a church pray for another church. Just a just uh, last month, an, an individual came up. They'd been attending our church for a couple of weeks, and, and one week we'd We'd prayed for uh, one denominational church and another week, another denomination. And the man came up and he said, this is my third Sunday here. And he said, as you were praying for that church today, he said, he said, tears just welled up in my eyes that these are my brothers. These are my sisters, that the other churches aren't the enemies, that man, we're rallying for them. And, and we as, as Rock Family Church, we're praying for their success. And I just smiled and I said, that's just how we roll. That's just how we function. We value and we appreciate those churches around. And we want to pray for them and we want to bless them. The second major way to kill competition is to build relationships with other pastors in town. I have found it's very, very hard to be jealous or to dislike someone that, that I know. A stranger, yes. I don't know them. I, I've met them once, but I don't really know them. When I get to know them and I, I meet guys for lunch, I'm inviting pastors to grab a Starbucks. I'm intentional on going to the community events where I'm, I'm intersecting with the other pastors in town. And I'm just challenging you. You say, well, no one's invited me. No other pastors are inviting me. That's what all the other pastors in town are saying as well. You take the lead. You take the initiative. I literally, not because I lead the merge, but just because I believe so much in the value of relationships and that connectivity, my heart is, is to average that I'm connecting with about 50 pastors a year, about one a week. Sometimes I might meet with two back to back, and, uh, but that's my heart is I want to connect with them. Because here's what I found. As relationships are built and knit together, the capital C, the big C church in Colorado Springs becomes stronger. And when I know of fellow pastors 
spouse and I know about his kids and what sports they're in and and I know about his fears or frustrations that he's had with his staff or attendance was down and I share man my attendance was down this week as well I don't I can't figure it out it wasn't a time change there was there was it wasn't bad weather well there builds a camaraderie there and and a, and a spirit of community there and here's what I have found it kills gossip and negativity when I have a relationship. This happens often. I often have people leave my church and they attend another church in town. And just as as you sow them, you're going to reap them. And there are going to be people that are going to come to your church and they're going to come from another church. And here's what happens. I always take, when I'm meeting someone new, I always take the perception that they're new to town. And I say, oh, how did you get to Rock Family Church? And and how did you hear about us? And then I'll say, so are you new to the city? Have you just moved here? And then they'll say this, no, it's just time for us to find a new church. No, some things didn't go right. And sometimes they'll leave it generic, but a lot of times they'll say, well, we used to go to XYZ Church. Well, here's what's cool when I have relationships with pastors in town is they'll say the church that they went to, and I'll go, oh yeah, man, I am great friends with Pastor Daniel. He's a good man. He's a good pastor. Well, guess what? I just snipped gossip and backbiting and negativity off. Because now that they know I'm friends with him, they're not going to say anything bad about him. They'll go, and then you'll see this kind of this frightful look. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my face is kind of like, "Uh oh, oh, you're friends with him. Oh, yeah, it's just time for us to find a new church. And it stops all of that negativity. And then, um, example, it cuts off that spirit of relationships, cuts off that spirit of of competition that uh, in April we had Life Church, a Craig Rochelle Life Church um, uh, campus launched just a mile and a half from us. We've had multiple new churches launched within several miles of our church versus getting defensive and guarding and defending and protecting and I got to rally my sheep and they're just here to get my, get my people and my people are going to leave and go to their church. Well, folks, let's just realize it. The kingdom of God has not lost when one person leaves a church and goes to another. Yeah, we feel it personally. Maybe our church felt that felt that when that family left, that volunteers, that gives. But the kingdom of God is not depreciated. And so the kingdom of God is is still the same. Now, a defeat is when someone says, I'm done with church, I'm not going to any church. Now the kingdom of God has lost. But here's what I have found. When I build authentic relationships, and with those new church planners, I'm going to be one of the first ones to welcome to the community. How can I help you? What can we do for you? How can we be there for you? And we have invested in that relationship. I can celebrate that when on their launch Sunday, they broke all launch Sunday records. That on their second Sunday, they they had more than the typical 50% back. When I have a relationship with them and I'm in covenant a bond with them, I can, 
I can rejoice with them. Which leads us to our third point, celebrate their wins. If you hear of another church and their finances are up, celebrate. Because I'm excited if God's meeting their needs, he's going to meet our needs as well. When you hear that they're growing and their attendance is up, don't get jealous. Lift your hands and be intentional on celebrating. God, I rejoice that that church is growing, that they're reaching more people for Christ. Celebrate when they get a new building. Don't get jealous. God is on your side as well. And if God provided them a new bus, a new building, a new educational facility... God will do the same for you because we know he's no respecter of persons. And here's what I have found. When I can rejoice when others succeed, it'll make it easier for them to rejoice when I succeed. That by me celebrating with them and rejoicing with them and and sending them a text and congratulating them, then it becomes easy that if they hear that that maybe us at Rock Family Church, that, that something cool or neat has happened or expanded, it makes it easier for them to celebrate with us when we've been quick to celebrate with them. And then number four, keep the lines of communication open. Um, here's, what, here's what that relationship factor happens in keeping the lines of communication open. It kills competition. That here is something that happens very frequently here in Colorado Springs among many of the pastors. That we all have, once again, the person says, most of the time they don't tell us they're leaving, but we hear through a friend's friend's friend, hey, what happened to the Smith family? Oh, I heard they're going to uh, New Life Church. I hear they're going to Mountain Springs Church. Well, one of the things I'll do is if it's a good family that's been faithfully given and faithfully served, is I'll call or text that pastor and say, hey, um, I heard through the grapevine that the uh, Joe and, and Jane Smith, they're coming to your church. I just want you to know they're great people. They left, they left solid. They didn't create any stink or anything. They just said it's time to move on. We're looking for something different. And I just want to tell you they're great people. They're givers. They're tithers. Man, they volunteered in our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our ushers, whatever it was. And I let that pastor know they've done a great job. But as well, if someone leaves here bitter, angry, mad, cause some issues, and I hear they've gone to another church, there's the spirit of competition would say, ha ha, sucker, you got them now. But a heart of love and a heart of, of, of compassion and, and camaraderie is to let that pastor know. Don't bow, badmouth the person, but just say, hey, I do want to let you know, here are some challenges we face. I hope they, they land better. I hope they serve better in your church. And then recently, I just had a, a family that's been coming, that they were on staff at another church in town. And they'd been coming to our church a couple weeks. I reached out to that pastor, said, hey, this family's been coming the last couple weeks. Is there anything I need to know? Did they leave right? Did they leave well? And then he texted back and said, hey, can I call you? So he gave me just some insight on why they left and the situation that happened. And it helped me as a pastor and as a leader to be a little more aware, maybe a little more cautious and, and maybe not putting them in a leadership or a ministry volunteer leadership position too quick to make sure that they've really locked in and gotten settled in here. And then number five, we need to choose to love them and bless them, regardless of their actions back to us. God has called us to love like he has loved. 
and, and to love those and bless those who curse us. And regardless of what they say or do or act or respond to you or your church, you be intentional on choosing to love them and bless them. And, and I'm always reaching out. I'm saying, man, how can I help you? How can I assist you? Is there anything I can do? How can I pray for you and your staff? How can I pray for your church? And I'll be blunt. It's insecurity if we have a church member who goes to help a church one Sunday um, and, and they leave. Um, can you edit this? Okay. <clears throat> edit. Edit right here. And then pick up. Let's just pick up with point five. And then point five is choose to love them and bless them, regardless of their actions. How would you react? How should you respond? Regardless of what they say, regardless of what they do, let's, let's respond like God has called us to respond, to respond in love, to respond in forgiveness. And, and let's reach out and make sure that we are, are extending the hand of fellowship and love to, to local pastors and ministers in the community, that we're displaying words of love, actions of love, and attitudes of love, that when we see them in the community, we don't act like we don't know them, but we love them and we embrace them and, and we you know just act interested in them. And then I think what's important is that we're always looking to help one another out, that we're on the same team. Two great examples is is uh, I think it was, we had a piece of equipment in our audio equipment. It was a Thursday night rehearsal. A major piece of equipment went out. There was no way to purchase that in town. It had to be ordered online. And so my uh, production person contacted another production person at, a, at another church in town and said, hey, by chance, do you have a spare? I don't remember what the part was. And they're like, sure. Come over and get it. Well, I'm going to tell you what, that was huge. I think it was something to make our projectors run or work. That was huge. And I was so honored that that local church didn't, didn't rejoice in our you know, equipment failure. But they said, man, here, come get a piece of equipment. Uh, we don't need it. If you need it for a couple of weeks, have it for a couple of weeks and get it back to us. And then I've often, I always am big on helping new church planters get off the ground and, and I'm not jealous of them. Oh, does my flesh want to go? Why are they launching? What's, what's happening? Why are they launching? Sure, your flesh is always going to be talking to you, but I override by the Spirit. And so I connect with those pastors and I build relationships with them. And, and often, you know what it's like if you ever planted a church, that you, you run short on resources, you're running short on people, you, you run short on equipment and volunteers, or, or your one worship leader couldn't show up. And so I've had, I've had uh, pastors that are planting or in the middle of that planting process text me or call and say, hey, do you have anybody that could lead worship for us this Sunday? My guy's out. He had a death in his extended family, needs to be out of town. I'm going to be blunt. I am quick to provide because I know the scripture. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And I have, can have complete confidence sending one of my worship team members to lead worship in his church or help and assist and volunteer in any capacity. Because here's where I'm at. If I am so insecure that I think one of my people, if they go help or volunteer at another church in town, that they might get, get uh, you know, leave my church and, and, and become interested in that church, well, guess what? 
If that happens, they really weren't dedicated and locked into me because they could hear one sermon or one worship set or, or volunteer and they're suddenly enthused with this new church, then they really weren't attached to me. What I know is that when I hold things loosely and I hold my staff loosely, I've had my, my staff go and speak when a pastor just wanted to be on vacation. He didn't have anybody within his church that could carry a service. One of my staff pastors has gone and preached for him. Well, I appreciate his security in knowing that our heart isn't to go in and bait his sheep to come this direction or vice versa. And then one of the other things that I love is once a year we have a big volunteer banquet where we celebrate all of our volunteers. Well, if we do that, who is going to watch our kids? Who's going to watch the children? And so what we do is with another, what I would call a sister church in town, is we help each other out on our volunteer nights. That they send their volunteers that are already background checked and, and have been approved, and they send their approved people to help watch our kids so that all of our volunteers can participate. And likewise, we're offering our people to assist them on their nights and their events. So God bless you guys. Thanks for being here. I hope you have a great month. We'll see you next month, the 15th. We release each one. Check out DeanHawk.com for more resources. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at DeanHawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.